Welcome back, everybody, to the third episode of the Two Bagger Podcast. We're excited to have you here. We got our playoff preview for you. We got some of our winners and losers, our favorite snack on a baseball field during the game. Uh, we're recording this on Monday, September 28th, so one night before the playoff started. Um, it's a great pod. I hope you guys enjoy it. We got a lot of good stuff. We're extremely excited about the Reds. We uh we think it's going to be a lot of chalk, but we'll get into our analysis later in the pod. Uh, before we start, follow us on Twitter at the Two Bagger Pod, and follow Crown Sports Media as well at Crown Sports Med. Hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Please DM us or let us know what you think on Twitter. And uh, here's Noah. All right, everybody, welcome back to the third episode of the Two Bagger Podcast. Uh, I'm here with Noah Murley. How's it going, my man? How's the Cleveland treating you? Um, pretty good. We got the presidential debate coming here tomorrow. Um, so we got SWAT, National Guard, and all that noise here. But I think I should be pretty safe. What about you? How you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm a little under the weather today, but we had to get a podcast out, so here we are. I think I got food poisoning last night. Uh, what'd you yeah, eat? I woke, uh... Just like a chicken sandwich that I don't think was cooked through. Ugh. But yeah, I woke up this morning feeling terrible. Uh, my stomach was bothering me from probably like 7 to 11. And then I passed out for like four more hours. Woke up feeling a little bit better. Ready to go and talk about some MLB uh, playoff baseball. I'm excited. The Reds, they clinched. They clinched on Friday night. Thank God, dude. It made my weekend a little less stressful. Oh, yeah. I mean, like... My family texted me, or my little sister texted me. She's like, the Reds made the playoffs. And I was like, uh, yeah. It's like, like yeah, Sarah, yeah. you've been to so many games. You should know this. Well, like, I don't think people – people haven't been paying attention really this season. Like, not, you know, not like avid fans, but like I'm talking like casual fans. And now they're like, oh, shit, the Reds are in the playoffs. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody I know down here in Cincy has been – They've been pretty excited about it. Everybody's rooting for them, has been rooting for them hard. They got the Braves. That's a little bit of a tough matchup for them, but we'll get into that later. We'll talk about our playoff preview a little bit later in the podcast. Let's start with the winners and losers of the the final week of the MLB season. What do you got? Um, so for my winner, um, I picked the Reds manager, Dave Bell. Um, I know he gets some hate sometimes, sometimes from my friend Trace, who is – talking yeah, to us <laughs> um but he's just i don't know he's he's kind of like he's not like your everyday manager he does like some funky stuff and like i guess it panned out this season i mean they finished two games above 500 and i don't know they they look really hot going to the playoffs and i think like right now like i don't know i'm a reds fan but like they're my pick because they're just hot right now <laughs> <laughs> the Reds are not my pick. I would love that. That would be awesome. They're not my pick. They, I don't think they don't have the bats, dude. I will say this about David Bell, he he manages with a lot of like passion for the game, and that's a great way to manage baseball. It's just showing your players that you care. You're not just there to make lineup cards and pitching changes. He genuinely cares. He ride or dies with his rides or dies with his players. And I, I can respect that a lot. Uh-huh. The they also one thing that killed him was that it's only a sixty game season and the Reds were a new team, so they look like they're looking like they're just hitting their peak. Yeah. And well, now the season's over. Yeah. So and, yeah. He and he's never. Say, 
Go ahead. He doesn't have the benefit of like a second full year to prove himself. Yep. But I like I still can't stand the in game decisions he makes and the lineups he puts out. Yeah. I mean I feel I'm, like I feel like that's ahead. with like sometimes with every coach, if you're a fan, like if and you're watching every game, no matter what, what team you have, I feel like sometimes you're like, Why would he do that? So I mean maybe that's it's just like, us us getting it's used like to every him. game though. <laughs> Yeah, um, but we'll have to see how he does here in the playoffs because, I mean, I know it's COVID and it's different and all, but, you know, he's never – this is his second year, so he's never done this. He's never taken a team to the first round of playoffs. I mean, obviously, like, they performed extremely well toward the end of the year, last, like, two, three weeks of the season. They made the playoffs and a playoff push. They wouldn't have made the playoffs if it were – the normal playoff structure, but I mean, they're playing in the season that they are. So you got to give them credit for that. I, I don't know. We'll see how they do. He definitely could be considered a winner. They looked a lot better uh, now than at the beginning of the year. Well, I don't know. He's got more to prove for me, I guess. Maybe yeah, I'm I mean, David, maybe no, I'm just a David Bell hater, but no, I mean, you're right though. He's, this is his second year. So we really don't know like too much, like a, we don't have a big sample size of him. But, you know. Yeah, my winners are the Marlins. Dude, the Miami Marlins, they were supposed to be, like, one of the worst teams in the MLB again. Mm-hmm. And they just, I don't know, they made the they made the playoffs for the first time since 2003 Jeez. when they won it. They're also the only team in the MLB to never lose a playoff series. Damn. And they're, all, they're also the only team in the MLB – well, I don't know if they're the only team, but they also haven't ever won their division. So they've never lost a playoff series, but they've never won a division title. Yeah, I mean, I think early on they they didn't play many games because of COVID. I remember, like, everybody else played. And they, they were, like, five or six games behind, but they, like, they just got after it, heated up. And, I mean, the Marlins are always, like, bad, and it's always kind of like a joke. And it's like this year they're kind of the real deal. Yeah, it's kind of nice to see some new teams in the playoffs. That's why I, I kind of like the 16-game format because we get to see, like, the Reds, the Marlins. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the Brewers and the Cardinals ended up making it out of the NL. And we've seen them a little bit. But we get to see the Padres. We haven't seen the Padres in a while. And then we got to see the Blue Jays and the Indians. Like, again, the Indians also make it, but make it a lot. But they snuck in, and we'll get to see their pitching staff. Yeah. So, It'll be it'll be good uh good to see. Yeah, um, I like I like these the sixteen game playoffs. Yeah, I like the large amount of teams. It just like it gives everyone uh all these fans an opportunity to get excited about it. And we talked about it last week, but it's just just a different breed. And I I I mean, you kind of disagreed last week, but I think I think having this like in future seasons will be okay. I mean, no, yeah, I th- I like it. There are some counterpoints to it. But I'm an overall positive on it because I get to see the Reds make the playoffs, and there's a greater chance of that every year if there's an expanded playoff. So I'll definitely be more into the season. Well, not that I don't watch like every game anyway, but yeah, I would... care about all the games a lot more if they, you know, they still have a legit chance to make it at like 81 and 81. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I was talking to, I think I was talking to you. We were just calling, and I was like. Like, the first round, like, if they do this, like, I would, 
I'd be kind of down for like the first round of playoffs being like a seven game series. You know what I mean? Like, and just give a, I don't know, like a larger room for error for like some of these teams that are like really good, have a great season. They can like prove themselves within seven games instead of five. So like, yeah, well, they're only playing three right now. Um, I, I feel like it would be better if they played a five game series. Yeah. But they'll never do that because that's too many games. So yeah, it'll only be a yeah. three game series and it's just going to kind of be a take care of business round for the top seeds. Like if you're supposed to win, then beat the shittier team and then move on to the real series is probably what a lot of people will look at it. But it also gives a lot of opportunity for upsets because if you lose game one, like say the underdog wins game one, like winning two straight baseball games oh, is yeah. really hard, especially if you threw your ace already. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But my yeah. losers of probably this this last week and maybe even the 2020 season in general are the Phillies, dude. The Phillies paid Bryce Harper that huge deal last offseason. It was 13 years over, I think it was like $330 million. And he's locked into that for the entire 13 years. There's no team opt-outs and there's a no trade clause. And they've missed the playoffs now two times in a row. Now, granted, Bryce Harper went off this year. Bryce Harper had a fantastic 60-game season. Yeah, so he, Bryce Harper might have made he might have made a statement back into MLB with that season, but they still miss the playoffs because they're the team surrounding them isn't great. When you when you're the ninth best team in a 15 team uh, league, you're like you're doing something wrong. I think their pitching staff probably suffered the most, and they're another loser. They got Joe Girardi this past offseason. They yeah. were they had a lot of hype around them, and they couldn't even get second in a division in which the Marlins took it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're kind of like kind of like similar to like the Yankees this season as they, you know, they're spending a lot of money. They got Bryce Harper for this long contract, Joe Girardi, you know, they I mean, they brought on Andrew McCutcheon. That's not like a big thing, but he had a pretty good year though too. Yeah, so they brought in a lot of talent and it's just like you guys should be playing better and I think it's sometimes these guys just get these big contracts or come on these big teams and they haven't had like this much pressure before. And like, that's what I always. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, they're. I think their pitching just must be terrible because yeah. I. I couldn't give you their pitching stats right now, but they they have good bats yeah. like Reese Hoskins, who didn't play that great at the beginning of the year, but played better toward the end of like definitely toward the end of the year. And I think he ended up getting getting injured, but him, Bryce Harper, McCutcheon. Like, they have Gene Segura, Didi Gregorius they just got this offseason. Like we said, they brought in Joe Girardi, too. Yep. Obviously, he doesn't hit the ball, but <laughs> they have they have good offensive power with a good, like, a good, uh, what's it called, skipper behind the behind the madness. So, it has to be their pitching staff, but they got to they gotta do something over there because Phillies fans are probably hating that. Oh, yeah, and my – my my uh, roommate from college, he's down in South Carolina now. But Paul Slota, if he's listening, he knows that he's a big Phillies fan, and he know he he just gets. I feel like Phillies fans are kind of like Yankees fans; they're just so like uptight, and then you know they don't get their way, and they're just like kind of pissy. <laughs> Dude, Phillies fans are like Phillies fans are some tough fans. Also oh yeah, fans are yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah. Philly's definitely my loser. Who you got? Uh, my loser is the Houston Astros because 
shortened season, but they finished two games below 500. They finished um, 29 and 31. But, like, I don't know. They weren't cheating this year, and, you know, they kind of sucked. <laughs> they, uh... Yeah, they did kind of suck. Yeah, they just... Didn't help that they lost... They did lose Verlander, like, very beginning of the season. Yeah. So, which sucks. I still like Justin Verlander a lot. I don't know how much he had to do with the cheating scandal. But he's also... I think he's 39 now, so... Yeah, he's old. He's getting he's old. He's up there. So, I hope this injury doesn't completely derail him. But, you know, time will come where he's just not Justin Verlander anymore. Yeah, and I think... Maybe, that... Hopefully he's got one more year. I'd like to see one more year out of JV. I mean, he's still, like... I mean, from the games I've watched, or you know, in past years or whatever, like he's still throwing pretty hard. It feels like he's still Dude, like he's in great he shape. The, he yeah. won the Cy Young last year. Yeah. yeah, he's incredible. He just got hurt this year, and sometimes when you're old like that, and you get one of these, uh, like he's gonna have to get Tommy John, and when you get surgeries like that, and you're old like that, and you can't, re- you have to spend your whole time recovering rather than yeah. preparing for the season. It can just sometimes end these old guys' careers. Yeah. So I hope we get. I'll be at one more season of, yeah. of uh, prime I mean, time JV. If CC Sabathia can play, I think Verlander can play. I mean, that guy's. Well, CC retired. No, no, no. Year. I know, but like he was, like how he, he went. Was, you know, he was bad though. Like JV's still like. A, no, no, no. I know he's bad, but yeah, Verlander's gonna be good. I'm just saying, like if CC can like, and look at CC, he's just like overweight and he's like constantly throwing in hogs every inning. <laughs> Like I think, yeah, that's why I'm not comparing Justin Verlander to CC Sabathia. No, I'm just saying like he's gonna be there, and I'm assuming. Yeah, he will be there. Yeah, and he I'm assuming he's gonna have a good season because he's not CC Sabathia. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> All right, so I yeah, the Astros are kind of big losers. They play the Twins. And I think the Twins are gonna kind of run their shit a little bit. Let's get into let's get into our playoff preview a little bit. So we'll start with the Twins, Houston. Game one's tomorrow. They play. It's Grinky versus Kente Maeda. Um, I'm going with the Twins in three here. Kente Maeda has been a better pitcher this year than Zach Grinky. Zach Grinky kind of looks like another older pitcher who's starting to fall off. The Twins, their lineup's just loaded. They know how to produce runs. Yeah. They love hit like obviously when any team faces good pitching, it's a lot harder to hit, but when Twins when the Twins team seems to face average pitching, it looks like they're killing the ball. Yeah. I, hit, I yeah. Go ahead. I think go you're ahead. right. I think that, you know, the Twins probably have the series. I just worry about them like later down the road just not really having that like playoff experience per se with some of these, you know, like the Indians have always been there, the Yankees um, even the Astros, I mean, I think the Twins will take the series from them, but, um, yeah. Yeah, the one, the, like, the Twins went last year and got swept by the Yanks, and that was pretty much, that's pretty much the story of their playoff uh, push for the last at least five years. Yeah. So, but Twins, they've hit 22 more homers than the Astros. They have a higher OPS plus. The Astros have scored more runs, but the Twins are have a higher wins above average than the Astros for both starting pitching and hitting. I think the Twins take it. They got uh, Maeda, Barrios, and uh, Pineda going one, two, and three if necessary. Those are, I mean, those are three solid pitchers to, to, 
uh, throw out there. Yeah, and I think we were talking about this last week, but I think in this playoff scenario, I think pitching is going to be really, really key. I think that, you know, you know, because, like, these – like, if you have good pitching and you have a good bullpen, I think you can go a long way, even if your hitting's not that great, but you can scrap together a few runs. Yeah, and – one thing that's going to be really crucial is finishing series uh, short. So, like, sweeping series or winning series in, like, four or five later on will be crucial because the MLB playoffs are just going in, like, back-to-back get, uh, games. Yep. So, there's no day's rest. So, if you can get an off day during the playoffs, say your future competitor has to go to a game three and you sweep, then that off day is going to be huge because you'll get – you can throw your started pitching, starting pitcher on three days rest and he can like he'll get that off day yeah and he'll be able to go yeah so i think the twins might be able to take this in two but i got him in three i don't trust altuve like at all i think altuve's had a terrible year his slash line he's got he's hitting 219 with a 286 on base percentage and a 344 slugging percentage with five homers god and yeah and years before years prior you're like Damn, this. I mean, you didn't put him on like greatest of all time, but like you're like Altuve's like the best he's an player. MVP in, yeah, yeah, he's the best player in baseball, and it's now it's like maybe that the whole cheating scandal had a lot to do with it. I mean, knowing what pitch is coming, that's like huge. Like, yeah, oh yeah, dude. I think that knowing what pitch is coming is it'd be the equivalent to like knowing the play in football. Like, if, you, if you're the defense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, when I played, like, in college, if we were picking up on signs and stuff, and I was able to, like, know, you know, fastball or curveball or something, even though I wasn't a curveball hitter, you know, like, these guys have been doing it for years, and they can just whack it. It's just, like, easy. Just well, like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, like, everybody in the MLB can hit a fastball. Yeah. Like, even if you're a 220 hitter, if somebody's just grooming you 95-mile-an-hour fastballs – and you know it's just going to be a fastball. They're gonna, they're gonna crank it too. Like they're gonna end up hitting like three hundred if they're just facing fastballs. If you're, that's what makes hitting so hard is you're mixing in like four or five different pitches that you can throw. And so, like I said, everybody can hit a fastball. But if you struggle hitting a curveball and you don't know it's coming, then knowing that the uh, the fact that a curveball is coming on like a, say you're up two zero and someone's hanging you a curveball, they don't want to throw you two zero fastball. And you sit on that, you're probably going to hit it further than you would the fastball because oh, yeah. he's moving oh, yeah. slower. He's trying to throw it for a strike. Like, he'd have to make a perfect pitch, and even then it might not be enough. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, so I got the Twins. You rolling with the Twins, too? Yeah, I'm rolling with the Twins. Sure. Oh, one last guy to mention before we move on, Nelson Cruz. Dude, he's the MVP of the Twins team. Oh, he's yeah. Like, I think he's 40, That's what was... 40 or 41. Yeah, and he's hitting three hundred three with a three ninety seven on base percentage and a five ninety five slugging with sixteen bombs. Yeah, I mean he's just that's I like I was watching the game the other night and I saw him. I'm like, dude, like he is so old, and it's like it's so impressive to me when these guys can hit for average and power, like you just said. Like if someone's hitting three hundred and they're slugging above five hundred, it's like, damn, because like some of these other guys are just hitting two thirty, but they're like hitting 40 bombs or whatever, but, like, that's pretty impressive. That's super impressive, dude. And he's got an – almost has a 400 on base percentage. 
So yeah, and he's Winston just screws to do some damage, honestly. Yeah, and he's got that. I mean, has he like won any playoffs? He's got that veteran type of, you know, persona. Yeah, I don't know so, if like, he has I think been we'll, in any. I don't know if he has won any playoff series, but I think he'll get his. But first he's round. definitely been around. Yeah. 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 All right, so we'll move on to the uh, White Sox A's. This is a matchup. This is a uh, matchup nightmare for the Oakland A's. I think. Dude, last week's pod, we would have never expected the A's to potentially play the White Sox. No, no. And I think the Sox are like, like you were saying last week, like, what were their stats? They like, they were like top five in the MLB in offensive categories and top 10 in the MLB in pitching categories. Yeah. But they're two and eight now in their last 10. They dropped a series to the Reds. They, uh, I think the last series they won was the one they beat the Twins in. Yeah. I forget who they played this weekend, but I think they played the Indians this weekend. Yeah, and the, uh, the Indians got the best of them, but I think I like the White Sox over the A's still. Yeah, and needless to say, too, that um, the A's don't have Matt Chapman because he had to have that surgery on his hip or whatever. But Yeah, that, if the A's had Matt Chapman, I'd be taking the A's because I think the A's are at one point – probably the second best team in baseball, but they lost Matt Chapman. Marcus Simeon just isn't having the year that he was having last year. Matt Chapman or uh, Matt Olson, I'm sorry, has hit a lot of home runs, but he's not hitting consistently well. And their pitching is kind of an unknown to me. Uh, they have Jesus Lazardo going game one against Lucas Giolito. So rookie versus I mean, Lucas Giolito is not really a vet, but yeah, he's but a he, stud pitcher. <laughs> yeah, he he knows what he's doing. I don't mean, like, a rookie. I mean, it's kind of scary just going out there and, like, being the first guy on the mound for your team, being a rookie. It's yeah, like, that's a, the game one in all these series is a must. Well, obviously, it's the playoffs, so every game's a must-win game. But if you lose game one, you're probably going to lose the series, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because it's just so hard to win two baseball games in a row. It's so unpredictable. All you need is, like, two flare shots off the end of the bat to go into right field or left field and drop for a base hit in an untimely situation, and you lose a game, and then you're, like, probably out of the series. Yeah. So I think that the fact that the Sox have Giolito going and then Keuchel going game two, my my guess is they win one of those. They'll yeah. probably win the series, I think, because I don't. Neither uh, neither team really has a game three pitcher listed right now. Yeah, and I think, like you said, that first game, like really, I think with any series, honestly, like you know, football, basketball, baseball, and however many games, that first game just sets the tone. And if you can win that, I think that's huge. I'd like to see a stat on something like that. If you win the first game of a series, like how does it pan out? But I yeah, think, and like. Yeah. We've never seen it in a three-game series, too. So I would imagine that that stat would be oh, heavily yeah. weighted toward the game one winner. Yeah. But sure. the other thing is the the or, uh, the Sox have two MVP candidates in Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson, and they have the rookie of the year, most likely rookie of the year, and Luis Robert. I don't – like, their lineup is loaded. They have Yasmani Grandel. They signed in the offseason. They signed Keiko in the offseason. Yeah. Their bullpen was actually really good last year and has been good this year, too. They just have the better all around team, in my opinion, and it sucks that the A's have to play them. But they got to go to Oakland. 
and there's something about the city of Oakland, but you know they've lost a they've lost a wild card game the last two years, so I don't know if they'll make a splash again. Yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I was really surprised that the Reds. I mean, the Reds were playing so hot, but that they, they took some from the Sox because, like you said, I the Sox are just solid, and I think this should be like really interesting series to see what happens. But I got the Sox coming out of this too. If, if you do too, right? Yeah, I'm gonna. So I got Twins in three, and I'm gonna take the Sox in two. I think they win the first two games with Giolito and Keiko. Giolito and Keiko. Sorry. Yeah. Keiko's. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Keiko's looked really good. So is Giolito. I mean, the man threw a no hitter this year, so that helps. All right, Blue Jays Rays. I gotta go with the Rays here. The Rays. They're just a. So- I don't. They're just a solid team. They're so fundamentally sound. They have guys that they can throw in any inning to get them outs. Like their bullpen is loaded. Their starting pitching is loaded. The Blue Jays have some good starters to combat them. And they also have a lot of good young talent. But I'm just not going to bet against Kevin Cash and the Rays. I think they'll do really well. They have a, they also have a lot of solid position players. But the Blue Jays will be like – they got the familiarity from the AL East, so who knows? They they could maybe take a game. Maybe yeah, two. I could. They could maybe take one or two, but I think the Rays. It's just like their pitching so solid. Like and you said, their position players are good enough. Like how we were talking about. Like if you're pitching solid, your bullpen solid. If you can just scrape by a few runs, then I I could see them taking this from the Blue Jays for sure. Maybe in two, but I don't know. Yeah, I. This definitely isn't a series where the Rays are just a shoe in. Yeah. I mean, the Blue Jays, they have good young talent. Maybe they explode onto the scene in the playoffs and upset the Rays. But I think the Rays just have too many solid players on their entire roster. I'd probably take the Rays in three. I think the Blue Jays might get one. Yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. And then the most intriguing series to me in the entire AL is the Yankees versus the Indians. You have a team that is completely loaded on their pitching staff in the Indians with Bieber, Plesak, Carrasco, Brad Hand. I don't know the one dude's name out of the bullpen. I can't say it. I think he's Russian. But he's got an incredible strikeout to innings pitch rate. Mm-hmm. They're they're loaded all over the place. Yeah. The Yankees – oh, go ahead. Yeah, this like looking at this series, this is the one I was like most excited about because these are just like two like I don't know these teams are always in it, and I feel like they're always like playing each other and battling it out. But they're both super solid, and the Yankees should have been better this season. But um, yeah, like you mentioned, like the Indians pitching is like so they're so good, and I I was I, and their position players obviously like J Ram and then. Lindor and like, I, mean, I was yeah. yeah. J Ram and Lindor had really good years, especially J Ram, dude. Yeah. J Ram is a dark he horse MVP off. candidate. Yeah, but that's about it. I mean, they have like Carlos Santana, yeah. Tyler Naquin, but I, I just don't see their bats doing much. I don't think it's going to be enough because the Yankees lineup is so loaded and they're healthy. I'll probably take the Yanks in three, but I mean. Yeah. Game yeah. one's going to be incredible. Whoever wins game one is probably going to win the series. But, well, if the Yankees lose game one, then they're, they're still all right because they have that loaded lineup. But if the Indians lose game one, they're probably screwed. Mm-hmm. 
Like Garrett Cole versus Shane Bieber is going to be probably the best pitching matchup of the playoffs. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, the Indians are just like I said. This is the one I'm most excited about, and the Yankees should. I don't know. I think I think whoever I think if the Indians win, I think it goes to three. But I think if the Yankees take that first game, it's just done in two. Yeah, it definitely could go that way. I mean, when you have a lineup with Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, DJ LeMahieu, and Luke Voigt. Yeah. And then, like, Glaber Torres seems like an afterthought. But he had a, he didn't have a great year. You know, he can always get it going, though. Luke Voigt hit 22 home runs this year. Jeez. DJ LeMahieu OPS over 1,000. Aaron Judge whoa, hit a whoa, home run. Whoa. Like, I mean, a lot of these guys, like, a lot of them were playing in Yankee Stadium, which – you're or, right, I mean, all of them still, were. I mean, never yeah. mind. But, you know. Um, still, you're right, though. But regardless, they're raking. Garrett yeah, Cole, in the month of September, gave up three earned runs in 27 innings. Damn. That's a 1.0 ERA in an entire month, like five starts. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's why they're paying him the big bucks. But, like, how much did they pay him a year? It's like, dude, he's a pitcher. He, That's what – well, I mean – that's what like it's crazy to me if like I was ever good enough like becoming a starter starting pitcher in the majors you you play every one of five days but Garrett Cole's making like 30 million a year or something stupid it's like is that the is that the best job in the world to be a starting pitcher no I'd say like a sick ass reliever because you literally don't do nothing and then you yeah but you're you're never gonna make 30 million dollars as a reliever that's true but you can still make I don't know. You can still make really good money and just not do shit. <laughs> I think maybe being like probably being like Brooks Kepka or something would probably be the sickest yeah. job. Well, I would, or just I, like the best golfer because you just get to go golf. Yeah. And it's a pretty relaxed sport. I mean, it's obviously very intense and competitive for the players competing. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, you make a ton of money to just play golf. There's low injury risk. You get to travel all over the world. Yeah. That'd be pretty sick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't realize, especially with baseball, like I played in college, but only, you know, 40-game season. Like, after that long weekend of playing, like, your body's just dead. So, like, these, oh, guys, yeah. are, these guys are playing 162 games a year. It's like, I mean, like, yeah, yeah if I would have, like, made the majors have been a position player sick, but, like, God, that, like, people don't realize, like, they do get paid for a reason because, like, this shit is not easy. Yeah, and that, that's why golf would be awesome because you only play Thursday through Sunday. So you're not traveling, like, all week. You're not making – like, you could potentially go to three different cities in one week in the MLB if you're on, like, a 10-game road trip. That would be terrible. 10-game road trip sounds horrible. <laughs> but if God, you're a pitcher, you yeah. only got to pitch in two of those games – now the only thing with the pitchers is a lot of them tear their uh, UCL and have to get Tommy John, so that would suck. But honestly, I I would tear my UCL and undergo Tommy John and all the recovery for thirty million dollars. Right. For sure. For sure. Is, I mean, is that a hot take? Yeah, I would definitely. I was I like when I was I think thirteen, I was on verge of Tommy John, and <laughs> no, I you actually was Tommy John at thirteen years old. Well, like I was pitching, and then I like like threw the ball and I heard a pop and I was like, that's not good. And then my arm was like literally like dragging. And then I went to the the doctor and he's like, we need to do an MRI. So they injected like dye into my joint space without like numbing me up first. 
and it was Kremchak, like the Reds doctor. He's like, so who's your favorite Reds player? And I was like, Brandon Phillips played at the time. And I was like, Brandon. And then I just started like bawling my eyes out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, too many curveballs at age 13. Uh, I was getting people out, throwing strikes. Yeah, I guess so. Just got to throw harder. I throw All right. So to, <laughs> to round out the AL, <laughs> we had, I got twins in three. Sox in two, Rays in three, and Yanks in three. I got the same thing, but I'm taking. I'm gonna take the Indians in three. Okay, I yeah. respect that. Yeah. All right, on the NL, we'll save the Reds and Braves for last because I actually do think that's the most interesting, mm-hmm. uh, interesting series by far in the NL. I don't think the NL is very competitive this these first three games not like the al no i you mean the, i mean so you def- got the cubs marlins yeah and that's just like i think the marlins like made it but i don't know i, I definitely see the cubs taking this one i don't know about you but yeah the interesting thing is the cubs don't have their pitching rotation out yet and i i'm curious as to why that is because i would think that darvish would be shooing for game one but i think he pitched Saturday, so maybe not. But if you Darvish goes game one, that he's facing Sandy Alcantara. Alcantara is a really good young pitcher. He had a pretty good rookie rookie season last year. He looked pretty good in the sixty game season this year too. Maybe it's a pitcher's duel, and the Marlins sneak it out. But I think the Cubs have too many bats and they have too much experience. David Ross has been there before too as a yeah. player a couple years ago in twenty sixteen. So I think the Cubs take game one, and then it'll be Pablo Lopez against what I'm assuming will be Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks is another yeah. really good pitcher. The professor, as they like to call him. Yeah. Uh, Scooter Jeanette once told us that he hated hitting against Kyle Hendricks because he throws so many different pitches. Yeah, and when I heard that, or like when I see him pitch or heard that, I was like, dude, he throws like 88, and everyone's like, and Scooter Jeanette that night, he was like, no, dude, he's fucking good. <laughs> yeah, well, he's like, he throws 88, but – 88 to 90, but like it looks like 100 because he's coming with all this other junk. Oh, yeah. Like he's I've, throwing change-ups, sliders, curveballs, everything yeah, all over the zone. That's what I learned from playing college baseball is like guys were like super good if they were like – this was D3, but throwing 82 and spotting up and having two good off speeds, it's like that really matters. And, you know, that, that takes you a long way. So Hendricks, yeah. he's Yeah, I mean he's a dog. I think that – I just think Darvish and Hendricks combined with that lineup is going to be too much for this Marlins team. I don't know. Maybe I would maybe like we get to... a repeat of 2003 where the Marlins <laughs> beat the Cubs and the uh, the Bartman series. But yeah. I, would, I don't that, know. That would, that would I, be I cool so. if they, uh, they had him back. Like if... Bartman? <laughs> yeah. he's, just the o- he's just the only fan in the I wonder in, if anyone's uh, like Cubs interviewed stadium. You know, I like, I think they I think people have, but I'm pretty sure he mostly declines. Did he change interviews. his name or no? He moved. I don't think he changed <laughs> his name though. But dude, what they did to that guy was terrible. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I feel so bad for that guy, but I wonder if he's still root to the Cubs. I doubt it. I don't know. How who could, knows? Uh, maybe, maybe secretly. Yeah, maybe separates the fans and the team. Yeah, I don't know. Regardless, they'll probably win this series, and he'll probably be happy deep down inside. Baby. Yeah, I, I could see this going to three, though. I don't know. Really? 
I don't know. If it goes to three, dude, if it goes to three and the Cubs are in big trouble because their pitching staff falls off from that. They have Lester, who I would assume pitched game three. He's been pretty good this year, but he'd have to go up against Sixto Sanchez, the rookie for the Marlins, and I'm going with Sixto, baby. Yeah, yeah. Six toes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Lester's, like, good, but I don't know. He's just getting old, and he's – Whatever. He's got that playoff experience though too, which is just huge. But the Cubs bullpen is horrible. I mean, I don't even think I don't think Craig Kimball even closes for them anymore. They signed him to a huge deal last season. That's a disappointment for the Cubs fans. I know some of my friends who are Cubs fans hate that. I think it's it's just the Cubs are just gonna win it though. It's not. I don't really think it's in question. Yeah, I would I would love to see the Marlins sneak out of there because then if the Reds win, then we play the Marlins. But. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. But, dude, playing the Cubs would be kind of nice, too. What if we upset the Cubs? Yeah, true, but... That'd be great. That'd be a great feeling. But if we lost to the Cubs, that'd be a horrible feeling. I would hate that. Oh, yeah. Uh, All right, Dodgers-Brewers. I think the Dodgers win two games easily. It's not even really a question. Christian Yelich... I said Christian Yelich is, like, the only super solid bat on that team. He's not even hitting that well this year. Actually, I think he's hitting horribly this year. But he's still Christian Yelich. Regardless, for Christian Yelich, the Dodgers have Mookie Betts, uh, Cody Bellinger, uh, what is it, Justin Turner, Corey Seager, Max Muncy. They have all. The, I mean, they have everybody yeah. out there to throw at you. And I mean, the, I mean, I don't know what the Bre- like. I I watched the entire Reds Brewers series, but I think like I don't know what the Brewers record is the last ten or something. But like, I feel like they've been playing like kind of bad. Or like okay, yeah, you know they're just like they're a team that isn't extremely talented, but have they have a lot of fight in them. They do have Corbin Burns, who is up for the NL Cy Young. He'll probably face Clayton Kershaw, I'm guessing, in the first game. But I know he threw on either Friday or Saturday as well, so he should be good to go by Wednesday. So Corbin Burns likely against Kershaw, the winner of that that game. It matters a ton for the Brewers, but not as much for the Dodgers. The Dodgers have they have Dustin May, Clayton Kershaw, and Walker Buehler to throw at you in this three game series with that low, probably the best lineup in baseball. Yeah, I there's I'd like to see what that the money line for the Brewers is because like maybe shot on the limb, I might throw ten bucks at that and see what happens. <laughs> it's gonna be pretty steep, I bet. Oh yeah, maybe I'll, plus. Wait until game. Wait until game two or whatever game Corbin Burns isn't throwing in because yeah. that guy's good. He could he could steal a game. Yeah. But you won't get as much value there. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe you will. Maybe maybe Vegas will just hammer the Dodgers like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got Padres Cardinals before we get to the Reds. Braves. That one that one's kind of interesting to me. I don't think I think like Cubs and Marlins like Cubs Dodgers Brewers Dodgers, but I don't really know about this one. Dude, I'm all over the Padres. I think the Cardinals lineup is terrible. They they have some good arms. They have Jack Flaherty, obviously. Adam Wainwright is pitching really well this season. He's going game one for them. The Padres don't have their rotation out, so they're probably figuring that out after just playing the, the Giants. But I think the Padres lineup is way too stacked. They have, I mean, Manny yeah. Machado is – living up to his contract he got last offseason. Fernando Tatis Jr. was in the MVP conversation for a little bit, and he's cooled off. Trent Grisham's going off. They have just hitters all throughout the lineup, headed by those three guys. 
I mean, even Jerickson Profar is hitting really well for them, and he was he was not great in uh, Oakland last year. So it seems like everybody in there is hitting. They have good arms, and Lamette, and well, they had Clevenger. He went down, so obviously you're not going to be seeing Clev, which is a, I mean, that's a huge hit to them. But I think they'll be able to overcome it. They'll be fine. They have Kirby Yates in the pen too. Yeah, I don't. I think this is going to be pretty. Like, I think this is going to be like the. Uh... The Indians-Yankees, I think it's going to be, like, pretty competitive, and I see it going to, like, three games, most likely. I don't know. But, like, I, I'm same with you. I think the Padres, their hitters and their pitchers, like, and the Cardinals don't really stack up to them, so. I mean, the Cardinals lineup is terrible. Like, Yadier Molina's having a solid year. Paul Goldschmidt's doing all right. I mean, Paul DeYoung can't hit the ball right now. Colton Wong is a below average hitter for I don't know maybe he's average hitter for second base. I always hated Colton. I don't know why. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they just don't have the bats, and Flaherty's not pitching too great. He's a, he's at a little above four ERA for the season. So I'm gonna go with Padres in two. I think Cubs, uh, Dodgers, and Padres all win in two. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I could. I don't know. This one more competitive. I could see going to three, but. I definitely want the Padres coming out of this one. And then that'd be sick. Padres, Dodgers, like, kind of like a... That would be sick. Yeah. All right. So, the obviously most exciting matchup in the NL. Maybe people might think this might just be a wash, too, because the Braves are loaded on offense. But the Reds are loaded at, like, on their pitching staff. Even the Reds' bullpen has stepped it up tremendously Mm -hmm. over the last, like, two weeks of the season. So it's going to be a battle of one team who's like stellar pitching, one team stellar hitting. I just completely unbiased take kind of how I look at things here is I like to go with the pitching because I think hitting the ball is so much harder. And we that's obviously proven to us because of, you know, offensive numbers compared to defensive numbers. Yeah. And the Reds by far have the better pitching staff. All three of their horses are throwing fantastic baseball right now. Trevor Bauer versus Max Fried is going to be a fantastic pitching matchup. I expect that game to be like two to one, one to nothing. Uh-huh. They both have sub one or sub two ERAs, I believe. Yeah, both of them in Cy Young conversation. Max Fried got hurt, unfortunately, so that kind of took him out of it a little bit. Yeah, and but, I I definitely like. If I'm Dave Bell, I feel really, really good. Like getting to send Bauer out there game one. Like he's he's just been so good this season. He's like inside young talks and like he he's just gonna be a dog, I think. I think he's just gonna go out there and like swag it up a little bit and like you said earlier, the Reds hitting's not that great, but like I think or you know, not super solid, but I think a lot of the guys like Suarez, like he didn't have a great season, but like he still wants like a really good baseball player. I think he can he can turn it around. Like you know, literally flip the switch. And I think we have solid players. They might not produce too great this season, but you know. Well, the one one big reason why the Reds turned it on a little bit was because they finally got their lineup in place. And I hate that David Bell switches it up all the time. I'll get to that. But Moustakas has been consistently playing now for the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Suarez got it going massively. Yep. He's hit 15 bombs this year. He didn't even hit his first one for the first, like, 
It felt yeah, like he, seven to ten games. He was like oh for like fifteen or something stupid early on. Yeah, it might even have been more than that. Yeah. So they're gonna get it going. I hope at least. I mean, they're not facing great pitchers on the Braves other than Max Freed. Yeah. The Braves bullpen is okay. Is not their strength either, but yeah. the Braves lineup though is. I mean, it's one of the probably top five lineups in the MLB. They have a bunch of guys OPSing over 800. They have Dansby Swanson, Marcelo Zuna, Adam Duvall, Freddie Freeman, Travis D'Arno, and Ronald Acuna are all OPSing over 800 this year. Acuna's coming off a wrist injury. He's going to play on Wednesday, though, it sounds like. The Reds only have two guys OPSing over 800 in Jesse Winker and Kirk Casale. Now, Vado's at eight, exactly 800. Moose is at 799. But... Man, you would expect guys like Suarez and Castellanos and Moose to be well over OP- 800 OPS. Castellanos is getting on base at a sub-300 clip now. Damn. Like, I love him. I mean, he's one of their best players. He he does have clutch hits, but he also is a free swinger, and yeah. he chases a lot of balls out of the zone. I swear, people just got to throw him the slider low and away out of the zone. He'll chase it nine times out of ten. Yeah. But I still love him. He plays with a lot of fire, too. He definitely wants to win. He's been very vocal about that. When you when you only have to score like three or four runs to win a game, it makes it a lot easier. The Reds have been scoring about five a game their last ten. So if they get five, if they get four to five a game, they they can make a solid run with the pitching staff they had. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, like I was saying, I think that a lot of these guys are like Castellanos, like you know. He didn't produce, like, great, and, like, Suarez, he heated it up. But I think the Reds are just, like, so hot right now. If they can just, like, keep that up and just, like, if the hitters and everyone can just do, like, the bare minimum pretty much, and like you said, just chip, like, three or four runs, I think, with their pitching staff, like, they will win games. And they could make it far. I mean, hopefully our prop bet, you know, cashes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll see. I doubt it. But – it could. I mean, they they're definitely giving us a chance. They're twelve and four in their last sixteen. They won five straight series. Those are good numbers. But I don't know. I'm gonna take them in three. I think that this is one series where if the Reds lose game one, there's no need to panic because at that point you still have two guys that are much better than the Braves next two and Castillo and Gray. And so if you you come out. I guess game one, and you lose. You got Bauer on the mound, but you also lose the best pitcher for the Braves. So, who knows what happens? I, yeah. The Braves' next two pitchers are unknown. Castillo and Gray are already penciled in as two and three starters. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luis Castillo is debatably like a better pitcher than Trevor Bauer. Maybe not this year in the 60-game sample, even though Castillo's sub three now, too. But... Like he's got one of the best pitches in baseball on his changeup. The swing and miss rate on that is incredible. He throws like ninety eight, ninety nine with movement on his two seam. He, yeah, like he's debatably the better pitcher for the Reds. So if they lose game one, there's no need to panic. You got game two with Kessie yeah. on the mound. Then you got Sunny for game three. So yeah, there's a lot of hope. I just hope the Braves don't unload on the ball in this. The series because they definitely I don't, have the I ability don't, to. Yeah, they have the ability to, but I don't think they will with the Reds pitchers. And I think that, I don't know, like you said, like Castillo is just, he's just as good as Bauer, probably maybe even better. But, you know, like, I don't think the Reds should panic. I think 
like even being a Reds fan, like I'd like it to go just be two games, but I oh, think yeah, I that'd think be, that'd be ideal. Well, I think I think this is definitely going to three, and the Braves are taking one, but the Reds are topping it off, taking the series. Dude, they play at twelve p.m. on fucking Wednesday. I'm not gonna get to watch it, dude. I'm gonna be well, at just work. Just listen to it. I will. I'll definitely be listening to it. I wish I could wear my Scooter Jeanette jersey there, but I'll probably get I'll probably get written up for that. Who knows? Uh, my boss might. She might be a little more lenient than that. You could wear that urban. You could wear that urban one, but I got you. What what size did I get you? Like a medium. Yeah, it definitely doesn't fit me. It's way too small. That's okay. Yeah. I still appreciate it. My girlfriend yeah. can. She wears it. So oh, okay. okay, good, good. All right, to top to top it off with the Reds, I want to get in to one thing that I think will be extremely crucial for this series and throughout the playoffs. They have to play the same eight or nine guys the entire playoffs. You can't be leading off Arcee Aquino in game good. one because you have a lefty on the mound and Max Freed. Put Shogo Akiyama in the leadoff spot. He's been getting on base at an incredible clip. He runs pitch counts up. His at bats are like six, seven at bats or six, seven pitch at bats all the time. It feels like uh-huh. you gotta you gotta run the same lineup out there. You can't be switching it in and out for righty lefty matchups game by game. Do it no. in the eighth or ninth inning if it's necessary. Yeah, but... that's that's what I was gonna say. I mean, the lineup should consistently be the same, but like. You know, if you want to pitch it late in the game for somebody, I don't know, one of the outfielders. But besides that, that. yeah. Yeah. Like, if you're down, like, two runs, you got a man on second, two outs in the top of the ninth, and you have a lefty on the mound, and you want to bring in Aquino for Akiyama to see if he can give you a bomb, do it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, all right, so this is what I think they got to do. You got to go Shogo, Vado, Castiano, Suarez, Moose, Winker, Senzel, Galvis, Casale. That has to be your eight. Rotate mm-hmm. Barnhart and Gasali. Maybe Jose Garcia and Freddie Galvis. Those are about a wash. Uh-huh. But Nick Senzel's got to play. He's just better than Brian Goodwin, even though he's underperformed. Uh-huh. Maybe you rotate him out either. Your first six got to be consistent. Those are your six yeah. best players, your six best offensive players, the players that give you the best chance to win. And I swear to God, they <laughs> better have Votto in the two-hole and Cassianos in the three-hole. Yeah. It makes absolutely no fucking sense. To have Cassianos in the two hole when no. he's getting on base at like no. a two ninety clip, and he's hit like fourteen home runs, yeah. and have Votto in the three hole. Like that is if Votto's, so if Votto's yeah. gonna be in there to get on base, then have the three dudes who hit the most home runs on the team and Cassiano Suarez and Moose try and knock him out. Uh-huh. Like Votto's yeah, that, not that's driving in like, runs. I feel like any you could you could literally tell that to someone that's never like played or watched baseball. It's like basic like understanding of just stats it's just like Votto gets on more and Castellanos doesn't he hits bomb you know just like yeah and Castellanos drives and runs and well Votto actually credit to Votto he's come back strong this like last half of the year ever since the Reds benched him for a game or two but still point still stands Castellanos drives and runs uh, better than Votto does yeah get him in the two hole get him on base if Akiyama and Votto are on base Cassiano strikes out. Suarez hits a bomb. That's three to nothing. Let's mm. get let's get our on base guys on base so the home run hitters can drive in runs. And I mean the Reds hit like the seventh most home runs in the league. They almost solely score on home runs. They up until I think it was Friday night's game, the Reds had scored 19 consecutive runs from home runs. 
down. Now, like, those could have been, like, two or three run shots. Yeah. But still, like, yeah. the run came via home run. Yeah. So why why try and change the lineup up? If you're going to run the lineup like that, just run it as a power, power-heavy lineup and see if they can hit, mul- yeah, like, for multi-run sure. home runs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's going to do it. He's going to try and get cute with the lineup, and it might hurt the Reds. <laughs> We'll Hopefully see. the yeah. three starting pitchers just go like seven innings. Yeah, shot. that'd be yeah. incredible. Let's hope. But fingers crossed. That's our that's our playoff preview. So to round up the NL, we think it's going to be pretty chalk. We got I have Cubs, Dodgers, Padres all in two, and I got the Reds in three. A little bit biased there. Can't pick against them though. Not this time. Uh, before we before we finish here and get on to our final topic, who, give me your World Series prediction. Oh. Uh... I'm going to go with, I don't know. Like, as, you know, I'm a Reds fan, but I think probably Dodgers, like it usually is. And then maybe, like, Twins. Yeah, maybe the Twins. Okay, um, I don't yeah. hate it. I don't yeah. hate it. I think it might be a really funky uh, World Series this year. I'm going to go with, like, the I'm going to go with the Padres and the Rays. I think the Rays, yeah. yeah, that would be sick. I would love to see that. I feel like the Dodgers is kind of cursed, but you had a Mookie bet, so that helps a lot. But I'm going to go with the yeah. Padres. They kind of have some fire, some good vibes going on on their team. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers, I mean, they're really solid, but this is baseball at the end of the day, and anything can really happen. I mean, they're all Major League Baseball players. So these yeah. are all really solid teams in the playoffs. All right. Yeah. To round out the pod, what's your favorite on-field baseball snack? On-field baseball snack? Well, they don't have it anymore, but um, back in the day, just sunflower seeds in general, but those Jim Beam barbecue seeds. Oh, dude, dude, the Jim the, Beam barbecue seeds were my favorite. I'd buy dude, like four or five bags of Those were to die for. And like, I was like young and I didn't really know. And like, on the back of the bag, it said like, has like a little bit of alcohol in it or whatever. And I was like, Dad, like this has alcohol in it. And he's like, Yeah, but you know, you'd probably have to like suck on like twenty bags to get a mild buzz. <laughs> Maybe not when you're fourteen. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> what about you? What's uh, your favorite snack? Dude, I think the great big league chew is top notch. I oh, yeah. I always defaulted to sunflower seeds too, because who doesn't love sunflower seeds? I always liked the Jimmy barbecue a lot. I like the ranch uh David Ranch a lot oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I throw them in a Ziploc bag, shake them up, and mix them. Ooh. Which that was fire too. You know, I had to be creative. <laughs> I was too busy riding the pine. I had to switch it up. But the Great Big League Chew is always a go-to. Sometimes yeah. you just throw in like half a bag of it, blow bubbles as big as your face. Yeah. I loved it. It was great. Yeah, I mean the stuff that sucks about that gum though is it like it's amazing for like a minute, then it just loses its yeah. flavor. But yeah. Yeah. Good thing it's cheap though. You know. Yeah. All right, well, that rounds out the third episode of the Two Bagger Podcast. Check us out on Twitter at Two Bagger Pod. Check out Crown Sports Media on Twitter as well at Crown Sports MED. We love talking to you guys. We want to hear some input. As always, DM us, message us on or comment some uh, some of the posts on Twitter. Let us know what you think about the pod. Noah, hope you stay safe up there yep, this I'll next try. week. You and too. Go get, Red Legs, baby. Yep, go Reds. Let's see what happens. Yeah, anything can happen here. Remember that. Yep. But we'll talk to you we'll talk to you later guys. Take it easy.